Today, we're going to speak to a young lady who left her dream job doing video production for ESPN to go work for, wait for it, a church. Next on the Church Solutions Podcast. It's the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by StreamingChurch.tv. The Church Solutions Podcast is all about helping you and your church with technology and other encouraging ideas for ministry. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. Well, hello, everyone. Glad to be with you again. My name is Phil Thompson. And I'm Steve Lacey. Steve, how are you doing on this wonderful day in Tucson, Arizona? I'm doing just wonderful. All right. Well, you always are. You're very consistent. You're always wonderful. You're Mr. Wonderful. (laughs) If only. Hey, uh, real quicker, before we get to our guest on the Church Solutions podcast, I want to encourage everybody to check out my, uh, what's the name? (laughs) It's Steve, (laughs) mychurchdaily.com, right? Is that right? I think so. Yes. We don't know. We just launched a new product and we don't know the domain. How's that? Well, I How's do. that you don't. I do. You don't. All right. Well, you hesitated too. So I thought maybe you were with me on that. My church. Day. I was just laughing with you. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't we, remember we my say name it a, half the time. We say it a dozen times a day, every day. So the men- dementia is setting in. Mychurchdaily.com is a new product that we launched and it has to do with Alexis using uh, Amazon's Alexis device and getting your getting your stuff on. We're going to talk to actually Alexis here in a little bit, but it's not from Amazon. She's not from Amazon. But but check out mychurchdaily.com. Have you seen the, the parody on the Alexa? I don't know film. if I have. Well, tell me. Let's waste some more time. Go ahead. <laughs> You're pulling it off great. You create these names for Alexa that aren't Alexa. Oh, that's right. You ought to that's watch right. this. Yeah. This is the Saturday Night Live. Or the, Alexis. Uh, we, yeah, Saturday Night Live? No, it's um, it's the Keenan and Keenan does the the, com- the comedian Keenan who's on Saturday Night Live does uh, just the oh, funniest yeah. thing you have ever seen. Keenan Thompson, three yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, it's like three or four years old. So anyway, we are not interviewing Alexa, which I've muted over here. We are muting. We are interviewing Alexis. Oh, that's right. Okay. Well, why don't we get to Alexis then? Even though mychurchdaily.com is Alexis, Alexa. Uh, all right, there we let's go. move on here. So our guest today, we'll just edit all this out. No, we won't. We won't. Uh, so uh, Alexis uh, Leon is our guest today. Alexis, how are you? I'm good. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for putting up with my nonsense. So Alexis is actually the video production lead at Vox Church, V-O-X, Vox Church. I like that name, by the way. Uh, They're based out of Connecticut, although they've got like 55 campuses now. Uh, (laughs) Actually, not 55. You got nine campuses, soon to be 10. Am I right? Um, Yes. So we're eight officially running. We're trying to launch the ninth one. And then by the end of the year, we are opening an actually a permanent location. And wow, that is amazing. And and, uh, uh, real quick, before we get to you, what is Vox Church all about? What kind of a church is Vox Church? Yeah, so we are one church in several locations. Um, we are actually uh, in New Haven, and our pastor preaches live, and we live stream out 
to several different of our locations throughout Connecticut and Massachusetts. Um, wow. So really our like mission and vision is to see New England become, go from the least spiritually region in the United States to the most spiritually region, more spirit, most spiritual region of the United States through planting churches in the major cities in New England. Yeah, yeah I, uh, so, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I almost uh, helped start a church in Boston many years ago. And instead, I went to Kansas, <laughs> so <laughs> which was a good experience. But uh, I always liked Boston. I liked the area. And, uh, and, but, and uh, is it Vox Church? Is that right? What's the domain? Oh, the it's voxchurch.org. Voxchurch.org. Okay, sorry. I knew Vox.org, right? Voxchurch.org. Right. Yeah. People tend to confuse it for Vox with a B. <laughs> I can't, yeah, I can't distinguish the two. So, all right, so let's talk about you. You're a graduate of the wonderful University of Texas of El Paso, which is only a few hours from Tucson here. Uh, what in the world got you interested in, in tech and specifically video? Yeah, um, when I was in high school, I had, it was my junior year and I'd moved to a new high school and I had this like blow off elective where my counselor was like, we're going to put you in this thing called KSHS. And I was like, I have no idea what that is. And it was our campus news station. And they were like, you're going to do this. It's going to get you the credit. And then you can like be good for your senior year and graduate and all this stuff. And that's where I discovered just filming and video and producing. And I was my last two years of high school, I was producing, um, uh, the news station for our high school. And that's what really started getting me into video and then ended up going to college. And it was in college where I got a full ride at UTEP to be a video assistant for the athletic department. So that is how I got integrated into sports. Wow. That's amazing. And, and before Steve jumps in here and dominates the uh, podcast, uh, you spent a little bit of time with ESPN uh, it was only 90 days, but I used to watch ESPN way back in the 90s. With Keith Overman and Dan yeah. Patrick was there. I, you know, again, Dan we're Patrick dinosaurs. Is, oh, is, is Dan? Uh, is, no, I don't. No, uh, I Keith know. Overman, Overman might still be involved. Yeah. In, Overman loses his job and then gets it back multiple times. He's no, I'm crazy. thinking Dan, he's another channel. So. Dan Patrick's on another channel. So how was <laughs> yeah. your time at ESPN? You're only there for 90 days. And, and what what did you and look, I know it's not that glamorous because, as I mentioned before the podcast, I was in radio for a long time and I understand that people think, oh, radio It's like eh, it's not that glamorous. Trust me. But uh, but I, I'm sure it's kind of the same way with ESPN. I mean, you know, it's it's you work behind the scenes and stuff, uh, which I'm sure you know was good. But but what did it teach you? Because you end up coming on staff at Vox Church shortly after ESPN. How did how did the ESPN affect everything in your life or did it yeah. at all? Yeah. So um, I think to start, I, so I first moved up to Connecticut and I, I was working for the athletic department at UConn. So I was there and it, I was an intern. Once my internship was kind of coming to its end, I started trying to go back to Texas and um, really felt called to stay and kind of ran into this ESPN job. Wow. So at this point, like I had no, I was volunteering for my church, didn't really see myself going into church production. Um, so got the job at ESPN and it was awesome. It was awesome. It was pretty much like, it was what you think it would be. You know, you have 
all kinds of news, you know, sports anchors walking around everywhere. It's sports all the time. And if you love sports, which I do, I grew up majorly in sports. Um, It was like the dream. It really was. And you're getting to make content and like you go home, watch ESPN and your highlights are like on (laughs) television. I would say hi to Teddy Bruschi in the hallway. And U of A um, guy. He's a U of A guy. (laughs) <laughs> he is Arizona. Dan Orlovsky would just like be walking be behind me in the lunch line like it was super cool it was like it was and then you got to like do highlights and then you would watch it and it would be like wow those are mine like I made that yeah but it was nice. sports all the time like I was watching game after game after game and you know putting things together wow yeah so so you were you were behind the camera girl, right? I mean, there was, that was you were managing video. And I have a um, a very good friend of a, one of my kids that is worked at ES, works at ESPN still to this day. But he's he's trying to he's a big sports nut too, and he went to broadcasting school, and he wants to be a, a sportscaster. So anyway, I'm sure you haven't crossed paths with him, but. Um, <laughs> Um, Jay Beatty, do you know Jay Beatty at all? I don't. Anyway, oh, you never okay. know though. It's a, it's you like never know. Big yeah. world, small world. Like you never know. <laughs> yeah, he's a big football, baseball. You know, the major sports fan. And he got assigned NASCAR. <laughs> and he was like not a NASCAR person. I know. So. I so I came from Texas, knew nothing about hockey. I was assigned to hockey. And so I was like having to learn like the learning curve on it. I was like, I don't know what that is. I don't know what a wrister is. I see. I know. What does that mean? Like he, it was crazy. (laughs) So, so what did the, you know, you're now lead, lead video production at uh, Vox Vox, church. Um, What did it, I mean, did, did ESPN help you? Uh, or was it just now? Ah, it was a good time in my life, but I've moved on. Or did DS- ESPN's just your brief time there? Did that add anything to what you do with Box Church? Yeah. So I, it really felt like so. ESPN was the dream when I was like way back and like right. when nineteen years old, right? I was like, that's what I want to do, and it was kind of a dream that I forgot about. I started in university athletics, and I was bouncing around in schools, mm-hmm. and like really didn't even think about it again and never even considered like applying there until I kind of ran into the job. And um, so it was like, I lost my train of thought. What was the question? (laughs) I just wondered how it affected, if it affected anything you do now at Vox Church. Yeah. Sorry. I like trailed and I was like, wait, I lost my spot. Um, Yeah. So what it did, so what it allowed me to do was um, it was, kind of like, I always wanted to be in television. I always wanted to be in network. And I feel like I wouldn't have been able to walk into full-time ministry had I not been able to like live out this dream, right? I got to see behind the curtain so that when it came time to me for me to walk out, like I was okay. Like I had gotten to the other side. And even though it was 90 days, I feel like 90 days is what I needed. And I was, I, and when the position, Vox came up and I was kind of praying and processing through it of like, do I make this transition? Um, I really felt like it was like, yeah, 
I, you know, you got to see this, you got to experience this and I'm okay to walk out versus if I would have gone into full min- full-time ministry before, I feel like there would have been this what if hanging over mm-hmm. my head. Yeah. So did you start out as a volunteer at Vox? I did. So okay. I was volunteering. So it's actually really funny. So the, on a Friday, I got the call that I got the job at ESPN. Uh, Monday morning, I put in my two weeks notice at UConn. Tuesday morning, they called me from the Vox, uh, one of the Vox executive team pastors called me and said their production lead was leaving. And they wanted to me to start like volunteering at their main location and like begin the interview process. And so really from the point, like I hadn't even started working at ESPN. I just gotten the job. So I knew I was going to walk out at some point. Um, I thought I was going to be there a year or two. And I honestly, as I was praying to figure out what to do, I think I was like, I could be happy here. I loved ESPN. I loved it. But I really felt like the Lord was calling me out of that and into church and full-time ministry. Um, But yeah, it was so quick. And that's how it went from like, yeah, two years to 90 days. (laughs) That's pretty amazing. So are you doing similar kind of things or? Yeah. So um, it's actually very different. So I went, I was more producing at ESPN and that's kind of what I, I studied more creative product um, video. Um, I did more, I did like sports broadcasting, but a lot of it was like highlights and just cuts. I did a lot of graphic animations and stuff like that. Um, And so coming here, it was very much live worship, live, you know, it's more of the live set with the specialty and video, right? Cause we stream out. So they didn't have anyone who had a video, like a specialty in video here. And they wanted to improve the stream, improve the color, the quality, the content, you know, that was being put out. So um, with that, I came on board and then my position started to change. So I started to then do video content, like all live. And then I got pushed into creative and so our creative department, and now we're in the process of like really pushing broadcasting into our video department and then me taking on two separate roles. I actually have a co-lead who is, we run the department together and he's audio, he specializes in audio. And so we kind of balance, we're pretty much two sides of a coin is how we work. He's more of the tech side of it. I'm more of like, this is what I needed to do. And he helps me figure it out. So what, what uh, let me jump in here, Steve, because real quick, the creative end, you mentioned the creative end. What what are some of the examples of the creative stuff that you guys do with video? Yeah. So um, any we'll, we'll do like worship releases. We'll do creative worship content, more music video esque. We do testimonies, bumpers, um, promos for any of live events. So um, we did a Christmas film. COVID kind of caused us to not be able to meet in person last Christmas. So we did like a movie and, um, there's another guy who works with us. He's more of the creative, like director, film director person. So I got to partner with him and our production team got to partner with him. Um, but a lot of the content I put out creatively has more to do with worship and around filming them to push worship content out. So um, I volunteer is a video switcher for our live stream at, at my church. We're no, not nearly the size of Vox Church, and I'm sure it's a completely different game. But anyway, I get, we had, I think we had two cameras, and then we have three cameras, and now we've got 
four or five cameras, I think. Yes. Uh, actually six cameras. So anyway, but we were working with three cameras for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And so I'm switching kind of know the game of, you know, switching around. And then I watch production quality TV, you know, award show kind of things of, of a similar kind of thing, like a concert, you know, a worship band is where all the work is for our video crew. Um, The the message, not so much, but the, the video, the band. So we got, you know, four or five people up there on stage. Anyway, one of the things I noticed was the cuts on TV, I don't notice it while I'm watching it, but when I sat there and paid real close attention, the cuts are like, you know, three seconds, four seconds, you know, 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of our cuts were, you know, minute and a half, you know, that sort of thing. What's, what's that? How do you get, if, I, you know, if I'm coaching churches now and they got two cameras, what's something they can do to kind of up their game to get to this production level? There's this professional level. What are yeah. some easy things to do? I think, and so we started out with like three cameras and then eventually made it to four. And what we found and I found is really movement from the operator. So like, instead of having still shots, playing a lot with loose tripod head. So you balance out the camera, you unlock everything and there's movement there. So if you aren't getting um, like, still shots I don't want to be like still shots are boring but like they are like you sit there for a while it's just still and that's where that movement comes in when you loosen the tripod I'd say also putting cameras on the floor because that creates movement as well like having roamers um that really created a bigger like just dynamic made it less boring for us um and then we do a pan so on the floor you mean the guy's carrying a camera on his shoulder or in his hand yeah in the audience yeah in the audience or on stage ours is oh. side stage mm-hmm. oh, with dragging then, cables behind him and stuff dragging or... cables behind him we're still we haven't we've played with wireless but with our rig it's just very hard so i actually have a grip that i assign with him or it's okay. and it's a 14 year old that follows our camera operator around <laughs> and um so when you say my- movement you're talking movement, like movement like this. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just that's going on all the time kind yep. of deal. Okay. Yeah, for right. if it's someone who's on stage and we don't have those fancy rigs, right? We don't have like these right. Ronins or these like Movies that like make everything very smooth. Um, I A technique we teach is kind of the sway motion. So you put okay. your feet a little wider, shoulder width apart. And as you're capturing, you're kind of swaying in and swaying back out. So then it keeps the camera still. You have the camera to your chest right. and you can still get that movement without like the, oh my yeah. gosh, I'm getting seasick. <laughs> kind of like the way um, the office, the, the TV show, the office does a lot of the shooting, you know, the video. Have you ever watched the office? I haven't watched a lot of it. Oh, well. Uh, Unfortunately, it's I hear so, a lot of good things though. <laughs> well, you know, it's not really a Christian show, but uh, there's just a lot of movement, you know, yeah. is, is the way they do it. Yeah. Um. Something starting out in the very beginning when we just had two cameras, we would have our main camera stay on our leads and they would do loose tripod head just to create a little motion. But our second camera did all the heavy lifting. So anytime I was off of the second camera, he was bouncing. So he, his job or her job was to keep it moving and they, and it's, it's a lot. 
and yeah. it took a lot of training, but it movement motion creates emotion is what I've learned. <laughs> that's a good point. Wow. So yeah, that that is, that's probably what I've learned the most in terms of figuring out how to direct and how to do it. Well, that's what pulls you in. That's interesting. Obviously that requires some more volunteers Mm -hmm. for the church. That's already kind of strapped for volunteers, but yeah, that is interesting. I know that there's a big church here, a relatively big church here and they had all of their camera operators were all on the floor and loose, like you were saying, Mm -hmm. whereas at my church, the cameras, you know, half the cameras are mounted on the wall. They're on, uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah. remote control pan zoom things, but that, that action is so, uh, obnoxious. We don't, don't you know, try it. yeah, we don't, we don't try to, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's either way too fast or way too slow yeah. or, you know, it zooms up the guy's nostril instead of, you know, zooming exactly. a nice I'm little like, zoom. You can get the hang of that and get it nice and slow. You could probably just sit there and toggle through worship and yeah, as you switch, just create a little bit of motion, but those things are sensitive. So I totally understand. (laughs) Well, I, that's one thing I'm taking away. I'm going to take it back to our church. Motion creates emotion. So I like that. That's a good point. All right, Phil, back to you. Well, um, so we're starting to run out of time here, but uh, you're in a male dominated industry, even in churches, right? I mean, maybe even more so in churches. Uh, there's, there's a lot of these, uh, males running around doing tech and stuff. Uh, how does that work with you? I mean, are you, are you comfortable in that? And would you like to see, I mean, why do you think, uh, why do you think there are, it is so male dominated? Uh, do you see any changes there? Yeah. Um, I think in general, I think it's just, it is male dominated. I think it might be the tech side that creates that. I'm not, I wouldn't, I don't know much of the why, but I do see it a lot. It's very rare. I'm in a ton of brainstorms. I'm in a ton of meetings and I've gone to production events and um, conferences. And I'm usually one of two to three females that's there. Right. Yeah. Is that difficult Um, for you? Do you find that difficult or do you feel like, no, I'm, I fit in a, you know, some people have different personalities. Uh, Yeah. uh, Are you comfortable in that? I think I got very lucky with the organization I work for, but I have been in environments where it has been difficult, especially in sports. I felt, I felt it a lot in sports. And so, and I really had to prove myself more than some of my male coworkers. Mm. Um, And I remember experiencing that. I, I do, I would love to see more women in the industry. I think there's more women who are interested, but there is an intimidation factor. Their production's intimidating. It is. It's like there is a level of excellence that you have to produce, right? And like there's always grace and there's always margin for error, but you're trying to create distractionless environments, right? So people just notice you when you make mistakes. And so there's pressure to that. And I think there is an intimidation factor that comes to that pressure because I know there are days where I'm like, oh my gosh, it's too much. But like I love it so much that I'm able to shake it off and keep going. Um. But I do, and I think there's a, I had to fight to be heard. I did. I had to, like, I not only did have to prove myself, but my voice was a little more like people would ask me, what do you think? And I would tell them, and then they would double check with my male coworker. 
And that has happened to me a lot. It happened to me in sports. It's happened. And I don't think it's intentional. I think it's just this hardwired thing we do. Right. And so I have learned to give grace, but to also call it out and be like, Hey, you know, why? And most of the time what I get back is like, Oh, I didn't even realize that I did that. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't do that to him. Like if he gives you an answer, you don't come ask me if he's correct. So there's definitely this, like, there is a, it's, you know, there is an offset, right? Um, and, and it's probably also challenging that you're young. Yeah, there's well. that too. <laughs> there is that too. Who's that kid? What'd they say? I know. And they put you in charge and you're sitting there and you're yelling things and they're like, why should I listen to you? I've been doing this for 30 years. But um, I work with some incredible males in my organization. I got very blessed coming into Vox. Um, I didn't have to fight as much as I had in the past to have my voice heard. I think there's a level of like, you're not known. So you have to like, there's always like, we need to get to know you aspect, which I faced. And I feel like anyone faces that anywhere. But I do have two incredible males that I work for who are part of our team who are very like, hey, she's actually the boss lady. So I, you should ask her before I answer that question and actually do respect my position. Um, so I'm very grateful for that. What advice would you have for young women wanting to yeah. get involved? Yeah, just do it. It's going to probably be the scariest thing and you may cry and it's okay if you cry. I've cried a lot. <laughs> um, and it's okay if men feel awkward that you're crying. You know, I think there's that level of like, what if I mess up? What if I do this? You know, I feel like there are a lot of women who are called to production that God has called to production. And if he has, he'll give you the grace. He'll give you the wisdom and discernment you need to walk confidently in that role. Right. So um, you just got to take the step. And so I think that it's scarier. I think stepping into production, it's like one of those, like the bark is like worse than the bite kind of thing. Like it's all bark. Like it's actually incredible and they should definitely take the risk. Um, and I would love to see and love to help women kind of step into that, you know, in my future as I continue in this role and, industry so i gotta hit you up for one more so um this is all um you talked about motion is emotion for the live video piece mm -hmm. our church is just beginning to do production stuff for the kids area so there's they have you know part of the staff and plays roles and puppets and stories and and all that stuff and the guy just actually picked up a guy that's um primarily their video editor production kind of person. Mm -hmm. So they're, as you can imagine, you know, this is a, I guess, I mean, medium sized church, maybe a large sized church compared to the rest of the churches in the U S how, what, what, and, but there's just a bunch of volunteers, right? And you're like, Oh yeah, I can, I know how to use uh, Adobe premiere. So yeah, I'll do the, I'll be the editor. Um, are there, is there a piece of advice to people putting together, um, you know, stuff they produce and, and record themselves. It's, you know, recorded stuff for, are there some tips there? Any, any? Um, yeah, I would say um, add music to everything. 
don't let there be dead air. Dead air is always weird and it's always awkward. Um, Always have a lower hum. You'd be surprised how much a lower hum fixes a video, right? Like music. Um, If you're doing stuff specifically for kids, colors, shapes, and movement definitely add definitely keep kids engaged um if you're doing stuff more for ministry purposes i would say um again you want to keep people engaged right so the more you're moving the more you're creating a flow like through the story like the more you know advancement you're doing in whatever story you're trying to tell the more people are going to stay engaged that's good advice. Wow. So now you, uh, now you know the real reason we have you as our guest. It's free consultation. I know well, it is. I mean, we got. I mean, our audiences are other techs and other pastors and churches, and they want to up their game. Yeah. And we've got a former ESPN pro and a mega church pro. So yeah, yeah. try to get all we can out of her. Yeah. No, it's. For free, huh? <laughs> for free. Yeah, no, it's surprising how much, like, I remember first getting into this, you got to be quick, you got to be quick, you got to be quick. But like, now I understand it. Like you do, cuts got to be fast. You know, you got to be, you got to be able to tell your story. You have 30 seconds to convince your people who are watching your content to stay. That's a good point. So what are you going to create in those 30 seconds that make me want to not click out? Right. So if it's a static shot of somebody, you know, a, a, a way zoomed out pastor mm-hmm. speaking on the other side of a room, it can get really boring really yeah. quick. You have about 10 seconds to like zoom in or, fit, you know, adjust before I'm like, I don't know what this is. Right? right. And so actually going into projects like that, thinking that has actually improved our content quality specifically with online church and like ha- getting people to stay through worship and through sermon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good stuff. All right. So we're out of time here. Uh, but uh, Alexis Leon has been our guest. I keep hesitating because I had a friend by the name of uh, Roger Leon, but Leon is your, is how you pronounce it. Alexis Leon has been our guest today. She's the uh, one of the, she's the video production lead from Vox Church, and, and the, the domain for Vox is what? Voxchurch.org. Voxchurch.org. And, and I'm assuming people could, if they wanted to reach out to you and add questions or something, they could go there and they find you. They could go you. there. Yeah, if you go to locations and you go to New Haven, okay. I'll pop up and my email's right there. Okay, and great. I will always take questions. So feel free uh, to reach out. Great. Sure. Appreciate that. And we appreciate you being our guest today on the Church Solutions Podcast. And we'd love to have you again. Yeah, and, I would uh, love to do it. Thanks for having me. If you're willing to put up with our nonsense or my nonsense. Absolutely. Uh, it's just because he's from Texas. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Good. He's from Texas. <laughs> you know, we, right. Texas forever. We got to stick together. That's right. Yeah. Until you, guys you know what they the say, union, right? But, uh, yeah. You know what they say, Alexis. You can take the Texan out of Texas. <laughs> you can't, yeah. <laughs> you can't take the Texas out of the Texas. Texan. That's right. I always think of the old Marty Robbins song, El Paso. The the song El Paso was one of my dad's favorite songs. But you don't know that because you're we're really old and Marty Robbins has been dead for a long time. All right. So uh, all right. So enough of the nonsense. Uh, you can 
go to voxchurch.org, voxchurch.org, and you can check out their church and you can, uh, you know, feel free to reach out to uh, Alexis if you want to. That would be wonderful. So we're out of time. Thank you again for being our guest today. We really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> All right. And and Steve, thank you for being a part of things here as well. Glad to be here. All right. Good deal. Well, I'm Phil Thompson. And most of all, thank you for watching or listening, depending on what uh, platform you're seeing this on or hearing this on to the Church Solutions Podcast. We're glad that you visited us. We hope you'll come back. We'll catch you again next time. Please take care.